0: The Midwest Crime Files is an unscripted, true crimes podcast. In it, we discuss heinous crimes and how they are committed. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Welcome to the Midwest Crime Files. I'm your host, Gina. And I'm Chris. And we're here to tell you the stories of small towns and the heinous crimes that changed them forever. Today we're going to Missouri.
0: And not a crappy, make Chris sad one.
1: No, no, no kids involved this week. So this week's story is called Farm to Murder. The victims of Ray and Faye Copeland.
0: Oh yeah, this is that old ass couple you were telling me about. Like the grandpa and grandma murderer.
1: So in August of 1989, a man called Crime Stoppers... And he explained that he believed there was a farmer in Mooresville, Missouri, who was killing people and burying them on his farm.
0: That's kind of a random thing to just call up and say.
1: Right. Could you imagine being the investigators? Like, What the fuck? Right. The man, whose name was Jack McCormick, was a transient who was wanted for writing bad checks. So immediately the police were like, I don't know, you know, it doesn't seem like he's a very reliable source and they just didn't really know what to think. So they didn't really put a whole lot of stock into these claims, but they decided they'd go ahead and investigate the farmer anyway after they learned that the farmer had his own criminal background. What police discovered on the farm of Ray and Faye Copeland shocked the entire nation. Ray Copeland was born in 1914 in Oklahoma. His family moved around frequently throughout his childhood. They were very poor, especially during the Great Depression. And that's why, as a young man, Ray began to commit some petty crimes. He would steal things. Um, he would steal livestock. He would write bad checks.
0: Yeah, this is, I, we watched something on this one, didn't we? We did. Because like, this is all sounding really familiar.
1: Yeah. So on our blog is a picture of a young Ray and Faye Copeland.
0: It seems like everybody's pictures from that era all look exactly the same.
1: <laughs> I mean, he was decent looking for, you yeah. know, as a young man. In 1939, he was sentenced to one year in jail for petty crimes. Upon his release in 1940... Ray met Faye Della Wilson. Faye was born in 1921 in Arkansas. Within months of meeting, Ray and Faye were married. That's pretty common for that time. Faye explained in an episode of Forensic Files that, quote, we were just everyday people. I was taught from childhood on that you marry and you stay with him. Husband was the boss, end quote. And I think that's really important in this story to remember that, you know, in that generation, the husband was in
0: charge. Husband was in charge. The husband was the one that did all the work. The wife was the one that was cooking, cleaning, raising kids and making sure husband had a, what was it? Didn't we see something? Like, there was a list that was floating around on Facebook, like, 50 ways that to make your husband's life better. And it yeah. was from the, like, 40s and 50s. And it's like, make sure he has a warm meal. Make sure his his favorite slippers are ready to go. Like, what
1: the... Don't f- ask him questions when he walks in. He may right. have had a hard day.
0: Right. Give him 30 minutes before you start talking. Make sure your hair's done. Like, that's the one that I thought was the greatest. Yeah. Make sure your hair and makeup's done and your dress is ironed. Yes. Like, are you kidding me?
1: Right. So, I mean, this is the era we're talking about, though. Faye gave birth to five children, and she also worked a few jobs outside the home from time to time to help pay the bills. Ray, who had dropped out of school at age nine, had pretty limited skills, and so he supported his family through a series of schemes. That included stealing livestock and writing bad checks. Like, that was his his game since he was, like, a kid. Ray was arrested several times and sent to jail while his children were growing up. And in the episode of Forensic Files, his son even says, like, you know, dad would go to jail for a while, and then he'd come home. Then he'd go to jail for a while. Like, this was normal for them. Um, Due to his reputation as a fraud, the family had to move around a lot. Because you can only play the same frauds on people so many times. Right. And nobody else, Like, this was before, like, you know, telecheck and shit. So, but... Regardless of not having a system to run it through, once you got a reputation of writing a bad check, people wouldn't take a check from you anymore. Right. So he had to keep moving around. Yeah. Um, eventually, him and Faye were able to purchase a farm in Mooresville, Missouri. So it seems like maybe they were getting some something stable going. By the 1980s, Ray was now in his 70s, and his children had grown up and left the farm. Ray was hard of hearing, elderly, and because he had only went to school until age nine, he was illiterate. He could not read or write.
0: That still boggles my mind that he was nine years old. And he's like, nope, school's not for me.
1: Well, I think, you know, during that time, he got put to work on a farm. Right. You know, to help support the family. Yeah, I, co-
0: I completely understand. It just still, like, it's, it's crazy to if something like that, that would happen now, you know, DCFS and like the True and arts like everybody would be called.
1: Right. And back then, I mean, it was pretty normal. Um, You know, and due to him writing bad checks, a lot of these cattle auctions refused to sell him cattle anymore. So by the 1980s, he was, you know, struggling. His children had left, so he didn't have the free labor. He really couldn't buy and sell cattle because nobody would sell to him. And he didn't have any other skills. So, what he and Faye decided to do was to hire some farmhands to help on the farm. They chose transients from the Springfield, Missouri area. And what they would do is they would offer them a meager wage and free room and board in exchange for work. And the salary, you know, wasn't terrible and then they also had a place to live and free meals and you know so like these people that didn't have anything else they jumped right on like this is a good deal and it's an elderly couple so you feel like you're probably safe right
0: yeah i mean in that kind of situation it probably feel you know good like oh yeah i'll just work here for a summer or something you know or a season
1: right help these old people out and you know have nice home-cooked meals and, you know, sounds like it'd be a good deal. But by the mid-80s, cattle houses in the rural Missouri area were plagued with another fraud problem. There were several different men who had purchased cattle with checks that were returned related to insufficient funds. But when the police would go and look for these men, they're nowhere to be found. Most of them were transients who had been working for Ray and Faye Copeland as farmhands.
0: So he couldn't write the checks no more, so he'd get them to.
1: Yep. Ray explained that at least one of the men had also written him a bad check. And he said, you know, these are transients. They come and go. They screwed me over too. And police really didn't have anything else to go on. Like they couldn't prove anything. I mean... It's very possible that these people that come and go, you know, they came in, they did what they had to do and they left. When Jack McCormick made a call to crime stoppers though, investigators learned that there was more to the Copelands than they had originally thought. Jack told authorities that Ray had hired him and brought him to the bank opening a checking account using a small deposit. He said that he went with Ray to the auction house and Ray told him when to bid on cattle and how much to bid. When the sale was final, Ray instructed him to write a check and he would deposit the funds to cover it. However, Jack said that night Ray asked him to help him trap a raccoon that was in the barn. When Jack turned around inside the barn, Ray was pointing a rifle at his head. He was able to convince Ray not to shoot him and promise that he would leave Missouri forever and keep his mouth shut. But that was a promise he didn't keep.
0: Well, good. I'm glad he didn't keep that promise.
1: Upon further investigation, it was discovered that... Ray had hired several men to work on his farm and there was actually a handwritten list of these men's names inside the house, but you know, Ray couldn't read or write. So Faye had written out this list of men and there were X's marked next to several of the names. Police realized the list corresponded with the list of men who were wanted for passing bad checks at the cattle houses.
0: God, you'd never write it down. Like, that's murder 101. you never leave written evidence anywhere.
1: Right. Police searched the Copeland farm, but they couldn't find anything. They found nothing. So, right now, you still have just, like, somebody's word against somebody else's. There's no proof here at all. But when they searched the Copeland's house, they did find clothing that was not Ray's. And actually, there was a quilt made of different men's clothing, some with the men who were Wanted's names written in it.
0: That's not creepy at all.
1: Right? It was a murder quilt.
0: God, I bet you that would make some money at an auction.
1: Right? Police kept searching. And began a search on the neighboring farm, which Ray frequently helped out on for a little bit of extra money. Now, you got to remember, this is an old guy in his freaking 70s and his wife. And, like, not only is he working on his own farm, but then he's, like, helping on his neighbor's farm. Like, I don't know. I guess farmers do work until they physically can't anymore. But it's just kind of bizarre a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just like the farmer's code, though. Especially if none of his children wanted to stick around to take over the family farm, too.
1: Right. So, on this neighbor's farm, police found the remains of four young men. They were buried near the barn, and another man's body was found in the well. The bodies were badly decomposed, and... They really couldn't compare them to dental records because these men that were missing and wanted for this check fraud, they were transients. They weren't people that went to the dentist. So they really didn't have anything to compare it to.
0: Yeah, and this is well before DNA.
1: Right. All four bodies were killed by the same weapon, a .22 caliber Marlin rifle. And that rifle was found inside the Copeland's home.
0: Nothing like just keep on adding insult to injury with the amount of evidence that you have.
1: Well, you know, and still, like, it's still kind of odd because they can't really identify these people and they weren't found on the Copeland's property.
0: Yeah, but.
1: Like, it's still a little iffy.
0: But you have a murder a, a murder weapon that matches the caliber that was used to kill them Right. Granted, you know, a twenty two lr is kind of on every farm but right you know
1: so the known victims of ray and faye copeland are dennis murphy wayne warner jimmy harvey john freeman and paul cowart dennis murphy was born in 1962 in normal illinois there's not a whole lot of information about a lot of these men um because of just the the sort of lifestyle that they lived. But on Dennis Murphy's Find a Grave page, there is a message that suggests that he had a daughter. He was killed in October of 1986. Wayne Warner is from Bloomington, Illinois, and he was killed in November of 86. Jimmy Harvey was born in 1961 and was from Springfield, Missouri. He was 27 when he was murdered in October of 1988. John Wayne Freeman was born January 6, 1962, in Boonville, Indiana, and he was murdered in December of 1988. Paul Cowart was born September 30, 1968, in Arkansas. He was 21 years old when he was murdered in May of 1989. On the list of names that Faye had written, there were three other men listed. Those men are still to this day considered missing and their remains have never been found. Was it possible that this elderly farmer and his wife were serial killers? Because that's what it's starting to look like. Now, see, once you put that handwritten list in there and the ex's name, you know, next to the bodies that are found, that's a little creepy.
0: Yeah, but I mean, an ex by it could just mean that they were there and then the ex means that they're they left.
1: Well, all of them presumably left because none of
0: them are there anymore. Well, I understand that, but, you know, like, a, de- a decent defense attorney, st- like, there's nothing concrete. Yeah, you have a murder weapon. Yeah, you have a list of names, but there's nothing really that ties. then you
1: have the murder quilt.
0: Well, the murder quilt is, I think, huge in this just because, like, who the hell does that? I guess she got bored.
1: Well, either that or... If they don't have a lot of money and you need a quilt and these people aren't here anymore.
0: God, but making it out of their clothes. Make a quilt
1: out of all this clothes we have laying around.
0: Making it out of their clothes and then having their names on it too.
1: Well, like I think their names were like written into the shirts and stuff. I I don't think she put the names in there.
0: Either way, that's still weird.
1: Creepy. Like I said, the twenty two caliber Marlin Bolt action rifle was found inside the Copeland home. And they did some ballistics testing and it was proved, in fact, to be the weapon that was used to murder the five bodies that had been found. So now we have some concrete evidence. We have ballistics proving that that specific gun is the gun that these people were shot with. The quilt, made from the men's clothing, along with the handwritten list by Faye Copeland, convinced authorities that the couple was acting together when the crimes were committed. Ray and Faye Copeland were both arrested and charged with five counts each of first-degree murder. So I'm going to show you a picture from the blog. Look how old he is.
0: God, that's... It just
1: looks weird, right? It does look weird. You know, to have such an old person you know arrested for murder so the biggest point of contention in this case is really about whether or not Faye was a participant or just you know happened to be his wife
0: I'm sorry that list makes it like the list and the quilt make it that she was a participant like we said he was nine years old so he was illiterate you know and all that good stuff Ain't no way in hell he wrote those names down. Right. You know, and the quilt, um, this is going to be a little sexist, but women back then were the ones that made all the quilts.
1: Well, she admitted to making the quilt, but I'll explain. So Faye Copeland insists that she knew nothing about the murders, and she also told authorities that she was a battered wife. She said that she was raised to obey her husband, and so she did as he told She claimed that Ray was physically abusive to her and her children for their entire marriage. And that was something that her children confirmed. Um, She basically said that, you know, he told her to write these names down and keep this list. She didn't know what it was for. She just did what she was told. When she was told the men had left and weren't coming back, she was told to make a quilt. So she made a quilt. She said she had no idea that her husband had murdered anyone.
0: I find that hard to believe.
1: So after her claims, especially her claims of being a battered wife, Faye Copeland was offered a deal in exchange for testimony against her husband. But wait a minute. She insisted. She knew nothing about these murders. And so she said, I can't take this deal because I can't testify against him because I don't know anything. So she declined to take the deal. Ray pled insanity at first, but then quickly dropped the idea. He then attempted to make a plea deal with prosecutors, but they were not willing to negotiate with Ray Copeland.
0: No, not with all the criminal history that he's had in the past. Like, I'm sure that that was a a weighing in factor on, like, no deal being made at all.
1: Right. So it seems like he never tried to deny it.
0: He just tried to... He was trying to find a scam to get out of it or to get out of the major portion of it.
1: So Ray and Faye went to trial separately, but they were both convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. They were both given the death penalty as their sentence.
0: Should have took that
1: deal. Yeah, no shit, right? They were the oldest couple in United States history to be sentenced to death. The prosecution determined that Ray and Fay would hire homeless transients to help them, and once they hired them, they would set up checking accounts. Ray would take them to the cattle auctions, have them write the bad check, and once that was written, Ray would murder the man and then sell the cattle off for a profit before anyone realized the check was bad and came looking for the cattle or the man. So by time they came to the Copeland farm looking for these people, not only were the men gone, but so were the cattle. So, his any trace that he was part of this was gone.
0: And nobody put two and two together that all these bad checks keep coming from the Copeland farm, even though they're not Ray's anymore. And nobody could put two and two together that, hey, this is just Ray acting proxy, like through somebody to do all this shit.
1: Apparently, not. He was able to successfully pull this scheme. At least five times, but pl- police believe that he actually killed eight men, but the three other bodies are not found. But on this list that Faye wrote, there's X's next to eight names. So they do believe that there were eight that were murdered, Yeah, but they cannot find the bodies. I'm and sure. because these were people that were transients, like they weren't really even necessarily reported missing.
0: Right. No, and I, you know, I'm sure there's somewhere on a farmland somewhere there's some bones. Oh yeah. that don't belong there.
1: Faye Copeland's culpability has been the biggest question. Like nobody doubts that Ray Copeland did this. Even his children do not put it past their father. Um they, you know, they believe that for lack of better words, that he was a son of a bitch and he was abusive to them. He was abusive to their mother and he was a con artist his whole life. And so they have no doubts about their father's guilt, but many of the, his children um, as well as other people kind of are up in the air, whether or not Faye Copeland was culpable.
0: I, at this point, I don't think she's culpable of like first degree, like how she was charged. I don't because she I don't think she actually did any of the killings or anything like that, you know, but I do think that she was an accessory.
1: Well, and it seems like she probably did know a little bit more than what she told people, because um, there were people that later said that they would see Faye talking with the farm hands that she would actually handle some of their bank transactions. And, you know, later she said she didn't even know who those men were, but there were people who said, yes, she did. She took them to the bank.
0: Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. Like, and this is one of those hard ones where somebody got charged with murder that didn't actually commit murder. Like I'm pretty, I'm a hundred percent sure that Ray Copeland was the murderer. Oh, yeah. If he's the one that pulled the trigger all eight times.
1: But if she knew what the plan was the whole time and right. participated in it by taking them to the bank or whatever, yeah. recruiting them, you know, she's just as guilty. And I guess that's where it's not crystal clear. Right. Um, There was certainly sufficient evidence to suggest that she was involved and while the jury felt she was likely a battered woman, they still felt that she was very much culpable and should be held accountable. Ray Copeland, you got to remember, he was in his late 70s when this all happened.
0: Yeah, so a 30 year death, 30 year sentence is a death sentence, really.
1: Well, and he was sentenced to die, which of course. He was the oldest person ever sentenced to the death penalty, but he was not executed. Ray Copeland died of natural causes in 1993 at the age of 78. So, I mean, he spent a few years in in prison and then he died.
0: Yeah, that's, that's still not really justice, though, I don't think.
1: Not really. In 1999, Faye's death sentence was commuted to five consecutive life terms with no possibility for parole. This was based on evidence that she was a battered woman. On August 10, 2002, Faye suffered a stroke that left her entire left side paralyzed, and she also lost her ability to speak. Despite being given life with no possibility of parole, she was, in fact, granted medical parole. She was sent to a nursing home in Chillicothe, Missouri, and she died there at the nursing home on December 23rd, 2003, at the age of 82. So neither one of them was actually executed. Yeah. No one expects an elderly farmer and his wife to be serial killers. And even when you're telling this story, it doesn't click that these are serial killers. Like, in every sense of the word, they, they yeah. by definition, are the same as Ted Bundy.
0: John Wayne, yeah. Like, I mean, they had a specific type, you know, a very specific MO. Yeah. Like, everything was very methodical. Like, well, not methodical, but, you know, everything was planned out appropriately, so.
1: It's kind of crazy if you think about it. Phase um, knowledge of her husband's depravity has been something people have... Debated while they believe that she probably knew what was going on. A lot of people believe that she was sort of forced to participate because of the way that she was raised and the fact that he was an abusive husband and others believe she was a willing participant in the crimes and she just went along with it. I don't know. I think maybe it's somewhere in between.
0: Yeah. And that's something that we're never going to know either.
1: No. While neither of them was actually executed, they left a very unfortunate legacy for their children and grandchildren as the oldest couple in the United States history to be sentenced to the death penalty. Could you imagine when people are like, oh, tell me about your grandma and grandpa. Oh, they're the oldest couple in the history of the United States to be sentenced to death because they're serial killers. Yep. Wow. That's, that's fucking loaded.
0: Well, I mean, that's an Ancestry.com thing ready to just be kind of fucked up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's just insane to me. If you think about it, it's really, really insane.
0: Give it a few generations and the the great, great grandkids are going to be like, what the fuck did they do? Right. Are you No, I'm not claiming that side of the family at all.
1: (laughs) So let me ask you a question. After she had this stroke and she's paralyzed and she can't talk, do you think that someone that's sentenced for multiple murders should be able to be paroled to a nursing home?
0: No, because don't they have nursing homes in prison?
1: I mean, I think it depends on the prison, but they have, you know, medical wards, you know, for elderly prisoners. Like, I guess I don't necessarily believe that she should have gotten out. Like, while I'm not 100% sure of what her level of involvement was, you know, if, if you... Consider the fact that she was sentenced to the same crimes he was, everybody would be outraged if he was out put into a nursing home. So
0: how old, how how long was she in prison for? She went in in what, 90, 89?
1: She went in um, somewhere between 1989 and 1990, and she was paroled in 2002 after her stroke. So So she was in for
0: 12 years. I don't know. I
1: mean, she didn't have a life after that. I mean, and then she was only in the nursing home for a little bit over a year before she died. I mean, she was definitely like disabled, decrepit, like there's no chance she would recommit. But at the same time, was that a slap in the face to give her like a posh, cushy
0: place? No, but I think it was, I mean, I don't know. I can kind of see where people would say it was appropriate because she's an old, decrepit lady at that point. That has no chance of harm, like doing anything again. Yeah, but I'm and, there's a
1: lot of old decrepit people in but, prison, and we don't let them out. We let them die in prison,
0: right? But how many of them are completely like par- like paralyzed, like she was? Plenty. I don't know. I guess I don't know enough I mean, about geriatric pe- populations in prison. These to
1: people know- that have strokes and you know they're sentenced to life in prison, like they just have to deal with it. Like, I toured a hospice inside of a prison um several years ago you know and these people are dying of cancer and and different diseases and yeah like they just you were sentenced to prison you stay in prison and if you were sentenced to life without the possibility of parole I don't know that you should have gotten parole whether or not I think she's guilty or not
0: I don't and I I really don't know I really don't know on that one
1: yeah I don't know I'm sure her children were relieved Yeah. I mean, at least they got to see her and presumably spend some time with her, especially because they did not really feel that she was culpable. Right. So, and maybe she wasn't. I don't know. But it's a hell of a story, isn't it? Yeah. And it's right here in the Midwest where all Mm. the creepy shit seems to happen. Yep. If you guys want to see pictures and a list of sources for this story, go to our blog post at the www.midwestcrimefiles.com. And like and follow us on Facebook. And um, for those of you who are patrons, please join us this Friday for a patron-exclusive episode. If you guys want to be patrons, we're through Patreon now. So head on over to our webpage or directly through Patreon and find us. If you want to be a supporter, you can do so for a dollar, $5, $10. We have different levels Um, And we're going to get a little bit more active with our Patreon supporters because you guys are freaking amazing.
0: Yep. So I guess is that how we're wrapping the episode this week? I think so. All right, guys. I guess we will talk to you guys later.
1: Bye.